Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happening. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happening. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happening. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballas, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes. That that seems to be the decision. All down mode. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be at least my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the north side towing of St. John's Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another edition of Horsepower Happenings. I can't believe I'm about to say this. The final show of September. The next time we talk, it will be October. I cannot believe uh, that the year is going by so fast. But great show lined up for you tonight. We're going to talk to uh, somebody who made $20,000 over the weekend and somebody else who's just having fun racing anything they can get their hands on. We'll talk more about that coming up. Plus, trackside interviews from a couple of guys who were close to collecting $20,000 over the weekend as well. But first, here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. NASCAR Cup Series and Xfinity Series were in Texas over the weekend. William Byron makes history for Hendrick Motorsports, picking up the win and uh, 300th win for Mr. H in the Cup Series, so nicely done. And on the NASCAR Xfinity side, John Hunter Nemechek, who of course we know is going to return to the Cup Series in 2024, he continues to make statements, picking up another win in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. As for the Truck Series, they are off uh, this weekend. They will return uh, this coming weekend at Talladega. Big news released today, Rich, from the ASA Stars National Tour and Champion Racing Association. The Winchester 400 winner has the potential to take home $34,500 if they play their cards right. Additional details expected to be released here in the coming weeks. But uh, right now, one thing is for sure, over $100,000 in total purse money, actually $104,500 in total purse money for the Super Series. So big money on the line coming up here in just a couple of weeks during the Winchester 400, an event that we will be at and we will cover. And that's what's happening in Motor City Minute. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. He is Rich France across the way. $34,500 to the winner of the Winchester 400, Rich. That's a pretty penny. That's a little different perspective from 20,067, isn't it? That's a little different. Yes, it is. Uh, so let's break that down just a second here. The Winchester 400 is guaranteed a $20,000 payday, which is pretty close to what you just witnessed over the weekend. The potential 14500 is in track and series bonus money that's available. Uh, it makes the Winchester 400 one of the richest pavement late model events of the year. The combination of series awards and special awards offered by the track provide the potential for the very big payday, including a $1,000 bonus for the Go Fast Pole Award. And, of course, if you win each of the first two stages with the ASA Stars National Tour, Rich, as we know, that's $1,000 apiece. 
So if you were to win the first two stages, put $2,000 in on top of that. Plus, the track awards include $6,000 in lap leader bonuses, a $2,000 bonus to the highest finishing Winchester 400 rookie, $1,500 awards for highest finishing crate motored car, and top traveling non-regular non-race winner. So they're throwing some dough around here in a couple of weeks. All right, so let me figure this out. To win $34,000, you got to be a rookie. You got to be a crate motor. You got to lead every single lap. <laughs> but <laughs> and you, you got to be fast qualifier. But it's it you it listen, Rich, it's the Winchester 400. Aside from leading every lap, is that, that part of that math wrong? <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> but aside from the leading every lap part, are you telling me a crate car couldn't survive the carnage and be in the in the hunt at the end of the Winchester oh, no, 400? No, I'm, no, I'm, te- no, I'm teasing. Yeah. I just, yeah, I mean, yes, it's possible, right? Right. Everything is possible. Um, you know, I may live to 80. It's possible, <laughs> but not likely. But, yeah. Oh, so, man. I don't, you know, no, but, it, it, you know, we're going to have some fun. We're, I'm sure, you know, we're both looking forward to that weekend. Yep. A huge weekend, and, and it just, they, you know, they just made it even bigger. Yeah, and, of course, uh, again, Sunday, October 15th, the Winchester 400, but it's a weekend affair starting Friday, October 13th uh, with the uh, Future Stars races for street stocks and late model sportsmen. And, of course, their regular programs on Saturday night with the Jag CRA All-Stars Tour and, uh, of course, uh, Midwest Modifieds Tour will be there that weekend as well for the run for the gun. So, uh, and then the Winchester 400 on Sunday, Rich, coming up here pretty fast. We talked about your opportunity to see a $20,000 winner get crowned over the weekend. You unloaded at Owasso Speedway along with 4,500 of your closest friends. Uh, 4,547 of my closest friends. Zach. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that doesn't count all the people in the pits either. So right, that place, right. so, Owasso, uh, Owasso about doubled in size on Saturday, didn't it? Uh, I think I think there were more people at the racetrack than there were in town. Yes, <laughs> by by a mile. But I'll tell you what, um, it was it was amazing. Um, I, you know, when you hear stories about this many cars are going to be there, it's usually less, and it wasn't. It was every bit of what we thought was going to be there. You're lucky I'm back here on Monday <laughs> because I was going to have to reload. <laughs> Rex Wheeler called me out. Says you. You guess you got to stay here, Rich. 47 <laughs> outlaws back there. And I'm like, Rex, I've been in heaven all day. Yeah. I, I mean, just talking to everybody, it was great. And, uh, you know, it was pretty cool. Qualifying was as wild as we thought it was going to be. Uh, Brian Burgaker, who was pretty decent all day, uh, never was at the top of the charts until when it mattered, right? Um, goes to the top by five thousandths of a second over Blake Childers to take – to, to get the fast qualifier award, Steve Needles, who had been in the top two or three all day, whatever he went out in was not good. Needles almost he, he fell back. I think he qualified 18th. Wow! And uh, they went all back over that race car and um, made it just the way it was for the feature. And he showed. But uh, Stephen Holman led the field to green, Zach, and and boy, you know he he jumped out of that that 32 modified and let Chase Roseburg take the controls of that while he jumped in the outlaw, and did he set a pace. Uh, 31 laps till the first caution flag. He, leader by a mile, he took off. Uh, Finley kind of kind of took a look at him for a little bit and then just let him go. And Allman and, uh, just put a, a bunch of cars a lap down early for that first caution. And I think 
if it would have gone much longer than that, the guys that were fast that started at the 14 inversion, wow. 14 inversion, I didn't stutter, 14 inversion. It's got Kalamazoo written all over it, right? Um, those guys were taking their time, and they would have, if there weren't a group of cautions that kind of fell within 20 laps of each other, I think that whole group of guys that were in the top five qualifying were going to be in trouble. I, I think so, because um, they just wouldn't have had the time. There were two good of cars up front that hadn't felt fallen off very much. And uh, then there was a big accident, you know, down the front stretch. Uh, Dan Leak and Adam Terry kind of kind of got into it. Terry would make his, make his way back out, but he wouldn't finish the race. Uh, they crashed down going into turn number one. And then it, it just kind of get it sorted out. Chad Finley led a lot of laps. And it got down towards the end, and it was like, we're all looking at each other saying, can this really happen? You know? Right. Uh, you know, I, we had talked to Chad, and I talked to Chad, and, then, you know, it just it just doesn't uh, – you just don't think – you don't think about it, right? That I mean, his, his grandfather's race, winning it, I mean, how could it go much better than that? But uh, Chad let a ton of laps. The car looked pretty good. Uh, but, you know – there was a caught a restart late in the race. I think, I think that 25 laps to go or 30 laps to go. And, and Blake started on restart on the outside of him. Blake, Chad was just a little free towards the end of the race. He, he ran real strong. Blake got out and, and kind of after a couple laps, kind of, kind of started stretching it out, but it wasn't over because there comes Steve needles from his 18th starting spot pressure all over Chad and, you know, I, I think, you know, I talked to Steve after the race a little bit, and we'll get to that in a minute. But, uh, you know, Steve, it took Steve quite a while to get get around Chad, and he wasted a lot of time. When he finally did, in the last 10 laps, Steve Needles was on the fly and just ran. I, I think he just ran out of laps. Um, he had a little bit of help from lap traffic that helped him get closer uh, to Blake Childers, and Needles finishes a car length behind childers coming off a of turn four for the checkered flag and uh i got i caught up with steve needle zach and uh kind of debriefed on his race well back down here in the pit area with our second place finisher in the bob finley memorial steve needles and man what an up and down day you had you man you guys were fast yesterday fast all day in practice i don't know what happened in qualifying but you had to start 18th talk about let's start the first part of the race yeah. how patient you had to be yeah, we had to be real patient. You know, it was um, it was our own fault. Like we, like you said, qualifying didn't didn't uh, car didn't light for whatever reason, and um, you know put ourselves in a big hole there. So anytime you do that, you just kind of take the, the mentality going is we'll we'll just take what we can get, you know, and uh, all we can do is go forward. So that was the mentality, and I really didn't expect the first forty to go green. So probably was a little more patient than I should have been there. Probably hurt myself in the end. Um, but, uh, you know, we kept the car for the most part clean, uh, a couple little, little bumps and bruises, but nothing too major. But, uh, yeah, you know, it just, like you said, up and down day, up and down day. You, fi you finally get those run of cautions, and it lets you get some track position. Yep. Late in the race, you get behind Chad, who, who Blake had already gotten by him. Yep. You spent a lot of time behind Chad watching Blake kind of get away. Yep. Um anything you could have done differently at that point it was going to be pretty hard you know i needed lab traffic to pass chad just you know he 
he had a little more motor than I did, so me trying to pull up alongside him down the straightaway wasn't going to happen. You know, so I had to be so much better through the corner than he was. And we were. I mean, I could roll in hard, but it just, the line he was running, it was going to make it really hard to pass him. And I thought a couple of times about poking it in there and trying to show myself. But, you know, Chad's a, essentially a team car. You know, I built that car for him and, um, you know, respect the heck out of Chad and his dad, Jeff, and Todd Rosebrew that owns it. And I wasn't going to risk, you know, taking both of us out, you know, for my advantage. So um, just kind of waited for the lap traffic to to sort things out for us and luckily that was able to happen so you finally get by chad and then inside 10 to go you lit this 14 car on fire and it was on the fly and you were it running was hunting. yeah <laughs> it was running i mean you were running quicker lap times every single lap than blake yep. uh did you think you were going to be able to get there uh i didn't think i was going to be able to get there until about two to go and then when two to go came and I saw a couple of lap cars, I thought, well, maybe there's a chance. I knew we were better. I just didn't know if we were good enough to get there. And then the lap cars, you know, backed up and uh, they were probably about two laps too late, you know, backing up. But, um, you know, we gave it all we had and left it all out there. So bring it home second. Decent payday. I mean, you walk yep. you walk away from your, the inaugural Bob Finley Memorial. Happy? Yeah. Um, happy. Um little disappointed you know a little disappointed felt like we left one on the table there um but you know that's part of it that's racing we had a really tough year this year man we have had a fast car everywhere we've gone and um you know we had it was just a tough year you know we had mechanical failures we had driver put us behind a couple of times in some races that he shouldn't have and it just um came back to bite us a couple times so we really 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 wanted to win and uh you know, a little, little disappointed in, in that, coming up one spot short, but, you know, you're never satisfied a second, you know what I mean? So the competitor of you, in you gets you, but um, we're happy. We're happy. So we'll come back next year stronger, hopefully. Steve, nice job, my friend. Nice runner-up finish. Thank you. I appreciate it. So as you can see, you know, a little, little bit disappointed. We, we talked to Steve quite a bit over the last few years, and Zachy, um, you know, running second, he is not happier running second, but uh, you almost got to believe that uh, that qualifying effort probably was uh, probably was his doing. He he had a long way to go, and he almost got there. Yeah, and you know you talk about how far he had to go. The disappointment in his voice, but you still you got to be happy with the turnaround. I think at the end of the day, to be able to do what they did and and uh, still be able to finish that good. And by the way, that finish in that race. Still paid pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it, I think it was a ten with three zeros, maybe or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was close to probably not all bad. Probably yeah. So he wasn't he bad. wasn't he wasn't exactly broken hearted, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But man, uh, you you mentioned it earlier. Could it happen? Uh, and and Finley, Chad messaged me, and he said, "Underdog, are you kidding me? Underdog, we're going to put an engine in this thing right now. I'll show you, underdog." And we had some fun texting back and forth and uh man that was just my professional analysis that you know i know he was an owasso nationals winner but the new racing surface hadn't really turned a lot of laps there rich uh but he called it man he said i got that dog in me and i'm gonna i'm gonna prove it on saturday and he sure did didn't he yeah and it's hard zach it's hard to you know when you think about it it's hard to give the guy that finishes third the hard luck award but if you were in the pits all day saturday you would understand what i mean they went out for the first practice session. Car was good. Went back out. Car was junk. 
went back out again, car was young, went through the whole front end. They did re shocks and springs and carburetor and everything on this race car, everything they could, uh, went back out qualified, had a pretty you know, qualified 10th, probably a little lower than what he wanted to, um, but comes back in qual off of qualifying, all of the oil pouring out of underneath the motor. No Every way. Every bit of it. Yes. So apparently um, he had, on the backstretch, he had got up and over that little banking that they have there and ripped a hole in the oil pan. Unreal. And so with 10 gallons of oil on the ground, they, they went <laughs> to patching this oil pan up and uh, got it done, got it all patched up. Uh, let it run and then so make sure nothing was coming out of it um about a about 45 minutes before it was time to go out for opening ceremonies for the feature event so um yeah they were working on that car they didn't get a whole lot of a break but uh chad led a lot of laps uh, just you know just ran out of race car at the end ran out of ran out of grip but still a strong performance bringing it home third and i was able to catch chad after the races and get his thoughts Started, started fifth, yep. and man, you got to the point, and it had to start feeling good that, uh, man, could this all happen in the same night? Yeah, I mean, that's what you dream of, right? That's what I've thought about for ever since we said we were going to do this race, but unfortunately, I just didn't have it in the cards tonight, so um, I knew when I got to lead, I wasn't really that good. I, I never really felt that good, and I knew there was cars behind me that had been faster than me all day, so um, it just didn't work out. Steve had, Steve had ran you down late, and really ran behind you and, and was really really patient yep. until you guys hit that lap traffic yeah we just uh, i never felt that good i knew he was there i could hear him and uh we got the lap traffic there and i don't know they're all over the place so they don't know what to do sometimes i guess that's just how it goes but i just got into whoever we were lapping there and uh steve got by me and by that point i think i knocked a toe out fighting for lee with with a 10 car anyways i knew when he got by me that or we were side by side there. I just tried to slow him down, down straight away, maybe get back alongside him at three and four because I knew that outside was good, but I knew it was only good for two or three laps. So I was hoping if I could just kind of slow him down, that I could I could get back even with him. And then even after he got by me, I didn't think he was any better than I was. Really, he could he could roll better, but we maintained the same gap, which is just air here, eight to ten car lengths. So uh, I just came up short. You guys worked on this car all day long. It seemed like you always had this thing up in the air. You were doing something. Had the oil leak that you guys had to fix. Um, can you take anything, you know, in a, in a race I mean, that's so important to you and your family that you ran so well? No, I didn't win. So, um, we had a lot of problems. Like, uh, I didn't get the motor for this car until Thursday night at 10 o'clock. We stayed up until 3 o'clock in the morning, put it in. We're back in the shop at 8.30, finishing up. Then the hauler broke down on the way here yesterday, so we didn't get any laps of practice. I got to go out at the very end of the night for two or three laps, and I felt okay. And then there's just so many cars here today and not enough practice, and we just we couldn't find what we were needed. We threw a swing there for the feature, and I, I, I can never run faster than the same lap times I ran. It didn't matter what practice I went. It just did always the same speed. So um, I know my grandpa would be proud. There's a lot of people here tonight, so that was really cool. And I think the best car probably won the race. If not, second best car won the race to the 14. So I'll be back. And solid run. Nice job. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, I tell you what, 
do I owe him apology? An apology? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but that's just professional analyzing. Uh, going back to last week. Good job, Chad. Man, what a what a show. I was ready, man. I was I was watching your updates, Rich, on social media. Finley, 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 and I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to eat so much crow on Monday there, night. There's not enough crow in Southeast <laughs> Michigan or, to, to satisfy the appetite you were gonna need. <laughs> oh man, but uh, you know. I, what a show, Rich. I mean, from Owasso Speedway to the 47 cars that were on property to, oh, by the way, the huge field of modifieds that were there as well as the other divisions of cars that were there. Uh, Rich, modifieds, I believe. What, look at this B-Main. Look at the cars who didn't make it from this B-Main. Buddy Gray, Connor Zabosian, uh, you know, Jonathan Beach, who was just kind of having fun, but still a good race car driver. Uh, Tim Lahar, Lane Head, Bud Perry, uh, Scott Pemberton, don't make it out of the last chance race. Buddy Head, the only car who goes to the feature from the LCQ. That's just the quality of cars that were there for that race. And then, you know, cars who finished at the back. Buddy Head, Travis Eddy, Jason Felver, Dan Leak, Scotty Lamp, Jeff Canis, right, finishes 19th. What a show. What a race. Yeah, and, and, and Buddy Gray got it. He, he got a provisional. So he, he was the provisional get into the race. So, um, yeah, it was just unbelievable. Qualifying was that tight. So I think from 1st to 24th, if I'm, I'm going to go back because I don't have the times right in front of me again. So fast time was 1485 and change. And the slowest car to get in was 1530. Okay. Not even a second. So four and a half tenths from the front to the back of the field. That's pretty impressive. Blink that, that for impressive. me, will you please? Yeah, I know. Blink right. Four and a half tenths. Yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So it was amazing. So we had a yeah, we had a real good time. Uh, once again, want to always every time we go up there, got to thank Rex Wheeler again for his hospitality. Jeff Finley and his family for their hospitality. Uh, they let me hang out all day and kind of have a home base there. So uh, had some shade to work out of. It was a beautiful sunny day. And it couldn't have gone any better up there for the reveal of the Hammer Series and for the Bob Finley Memorial at Owasso Speedway, Zach. Three, two, one. And Zach uh, on the phone lines now. I caught up with him after the races, but uh, we did a little bit of an interview, but said, what the heck, we're going to bring him on after this big win. Uh, he picked up the win this weekend, the Bob Finley Memorial for the Outlaw Super Late Models and the reveal of the Hammer Late Models. Blake Childers, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Hey, how you doing? Man, we talked a little bit. I know I, I got a hold of you about 15 or 20 minutes after and kind of asked you how you felt. But uh, after 48 hours, did it sink in yet? It's starting to sink in, but it's still a lot to think about. Um, that's just a pretty awesome big race. I mean, huge race to win, and it's uh, it's still setting in, to be honest with you. It's mind-blowing. You, you've put a lot of – I mean, you've run a, a Wasso Speedway, so it's not really a surprise to find you in victory lane there. But uh, – this race, with everything that was at stake, all the money that was up for grabs, um, made it a little different for you, didn't it? Oh, yeah, yep. And even even though I have a lot of, of laughs there at Owasso Speedway, now that it's new asphalt, it's all different. You know, it was learning curve for all of us, you know, and everybody else. And um, it's really similar, but it's still different, you know. So with all them good cars there, you know, there's, I think, 48 cars. There's a whole lot of uh, good cars there, good drivers, you know. And uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a tough battle, you know. It was just... One, one heck of a race. So, Owasso Nationals coming up, and, and for anybody who doesn't know, this Owasso Nationals had a lot of things packed into it. It had the the ambiance of an Owasso Nationals. 
but it also had the Quad Crown Championship to be determined. It also had the Bob Finley Memorial portion of it, which was going to be a big deal anyhow. And then on top of the $10,000 that was at stake for the Quad Crown, $20,067 at stake for the Bob Finley Memorial, and 48 of you yahoos show up all thinking that you got a shot to go and, and collect all this money. When you unload on Saturday or Friday, I guess it would be, when you show up on Friday and you see car after car and you know what the situation is going to be, unloading, showing up, the, the potential for uh, one of the, the strongest fields of Outlaw Super Late Models that anybody's seen in quite some time. Blake, how are you mentally preparing for what you're about to have to go through over the next 48 hours? Well, the only thing I, only thing I could think about was uh, just trying to make the show. I mean, we, we always run good and we always are fast, but um, one little me- mess up, you know, in qualifying, and I figured that could put us, you know, way back in the field. You know, hopefully, you know, you'd, you'd hope to never miss the show, but then you want to try to make them invert too, you know. So uh, there was just a lot there, and, you know, unfortunately for us, we, uh, we blew a motor, to, you know, at the second quad crown race. So that took us out of the points standings for the quad crown deal. Um, so it made it a little bit easier on me knowing that I just, I had one goal. It was just go there, <laughs> run good, try to win the race. You know, there was, I wasn't racing for a championship or nothing because I was already out of it. So uh, I made it a little bit easier on me, you know. And, and Blake, anybody listens to this interview and says, oh, what do you mean make the race? Steve Needles m- made himself really, really nervous. That's how it can happen, right? Oh yeah. Yep. Just one little, you know, you change the car a little bit or the tires don't go your way. I mean, there's so many variables and, you know, it's one thing to miss the invert, but then if you get back far enough in the field with all fast cars, you know, next thing you know, you're the B main, you know, that too. So, well, and you mentioned the engine problems during the second quad crown race. Um, obviously you raced since then, but any concern going back? I mean, does that live in the back of your mind now when you return that, man, we already had one engine fail, uh, this year at this racetrack. I hope that we don't do it again. Are you thinking about that at all? Or are you pretty, you feeling pretty good? I feel good about the motors, um, you know, with racing, that, that stuff can happen. You know, you sure. tear up motors, you tear up transmissions, rear ends, all of it. Um, flat tires come out of nowhere. So all that stuff plays in my mind. Even the last 10 or 15 laps of the race, I was just thinking, man, I hope this car holds together for me. We're out front. <laughs> I'm just trying to save it and, and, you know, keep everything going. But, yeah, it's always always in the back of your head. Well, and so you mentioned it, right? You, you, you don't want to miss the field. You don't want to miss the invert. You want to make the show. Um, 48 or 40, 48 is the magic number, right? 48 cars on property. So, um, qualifying, right? Qualifying almost becomes as big as that race that you had to hold later that night. What's the mindset going in? Take, take me through your guys' preparation. Maybe even we start a little before then. Um, how, how was that car once you finally got on track? How did it feel? Car was fast. We was top of the board all day long. We was fastest in practice, both sessions. Um, the car was really, really good. Um, and then we just, you know, he was pretty fast in qualifying. I think, uh, Bergaker there, he had fast time. He went a, like a 13, eight, five, six, and I went a 13, eight, five, nine. So we were super close. Dang. <laughs> um, it was, it, they, we were right next door to each other on that one. Um, yeah. we, we, we were trying a couple different things, uh, mainly just trying to get the car ready for the race. So we were glad to qualify that strong. Um, and we, like I said, we learned some stuff for the race and got her, got, got a squared away for the race. And then Rich, you covered this really well on, on horsepower happening, some great coverage over the weekend. Um, a Kalamazoo style redraw <laughs> that kind of really changed the, the, I mean, Rich, I want to talk to you about this just a second with Blake. You see that 
that invert or or yeah, I guess it would be an invert, not a redraw. Uh, big invert, double digit invert, Rich. Um, something that we're used to seeing over on the east or west side of the state, not necessarily over here. But um, what do you think of that? And not necessarily with reveal the hammer because they were the ones that created the redraw, right? Right. And this wasn't rolling the dice in front of everybody. This was a number that was picked. I I don't know how Rich Mercero and his team do it, but. We were back. I was back there talking to a few different guys, and I, t- I said, "Did you hear the redraw?" No, nope, I haven't heard anything yet. And everybody thought it was going to be around between eight and eleven, somewhere in there. And then when we heard fourteen, I said, "Oh my God, unbelievable!" <laughs> Blake, uh, your thoughts too? <laughs> I-, I couldn't believe it. I thought, "Oh boy, we got some work ahead of us." And I honestly, I, I you know, I knew we was going to need some cautions. Uh, you know, just physically almost impossible to come through the field from 14th back all the way to the front without cautions. Everybody's so close in speed, you know. So I was like, holy cow, and I was hoping and praying for some cautions. Well, Rich, you you knew the complexion of the race better than I did because I wasn't able to attend it. But uh, it it seemed like you had to, you know, as you mentioned, had to come through the field. um, But it also kind of felt like maybe you got there a little bit later than you wanted to. We'll talk about the, the way the race played out for you. Yeah, um, well, you know, the first couple races, it's, it's been cautions, like within the first two or five laps. Um, so I was kind of hanging back there for the first 10 laps and saving my stuff. And then I'm thinking, oh, man, these laps are going by, they're going by. And I think, holy cow, we're going green for a little while here. Then I start to wonder, maybe I should start going because maybe it was going to go green the whole race there. And, um, but I still didn't want to tear up the tires of the car or knock the toe out or anything like that. So just kind of riding around and waiting for a caution and then finally uh 40 40 laps in or something like that a caution come out yeah actually it was actually i was keeping track of it all i had the notes on 31 laps to, to the first caution um and and actually blake and we had talked about this stephen allman put on a wicked pace uh at the beginning those 30 first 31 laps he put several cars a lap down already and you weren't even in the same straight in the same zip code as he was. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I seen them all. All the you know, top even seven or eight cars that seemed like they all disappeared there at the beginning, and uh, I just knew we needed a caution. You know, like I said, everybody's so fast, especially the guys out front. They get in on their own. They get out there on their own, and they're running good, clean laps with nobody in front of them or near them. You know, they're all just clicking along good, and it makes it hard to chase them guys down on their way out there. And when that's happening, are you? I mean, you mentally have to stay in the game, Blake, but at some point are you going, my shots, my, that window of opportunity is closing quickly. We got to start getting some yellow flags here in a hurry. I mean, are you processing that at that time or are you just trying to get as many spots as you can? At, at that point, I was just riding along hoping for a caution. Like I said, there's no way, there's no way you can drive through the field. I mean, you'd have to have a really, really fast race car. Like I said, the A main with 24 of them cars, they're all, you know, super, super close in time. Um, speed wise, you know, so it wasn't, you needed a caution. And I, you know, you'd like to say, well, you knew there's a caution coming along, but you never know. It could go all green, but 24 cars out there, you're thinking, yeah, there's a caution. It's just a matter of wind and hope it doesn't come out too late in the race. And then the way it worked out, Blake, as we always say, cautions breed cautions, right? Uh, you had several of them that weren't really far apart. We kind of couldn't get off the caution flag there for a little while. And that really helped you gain some valuable track position oh yeah yeah that's the best time to pick the cars off is you know on them restarts so every restart you try to pick off two or three cars or however many you can get 
and uh yeah yeah you know we had what was it three or four cautions there all within like a a 10 or 15 or 20 lap period there and uh yeah we picked off quite a few cars there on them restarts you had it you had two restarts at the end where you finally got up to second restarting on the outside of finley and and i i talked to chad after he goes we were just a little too loose at that point in the race uh to hold him off did you know that yeah um and i my car was a little bit tight so we we was both bad uh bad on our own battles there but um yeah i was uh i seen him kind of moving around a little bit you know when he's coming off the corner and so I knew I knew what he had going on, and I knew what I had to work around there. And um, we got that restart, and it was go time. And we gave her we gave her a, a good little race there for a couple laps there with Chad, and worked out good for us. And yep, worked out pretty nice there. Once we got out front, then I was uh, I was just cruising along trying to save my tires because then in the back of my mind there I'm thinking, oh boy, here comes another caution with ten to go or something like that. I'm just waiting for a caution try to save my stuff and, and nurse it along, but stay out front and, and pick off good laps too, you know. Over $20,000 in your pocket now, thanks to the Owasso Nationals and the Bob Finley Memorial. Uh, where does this where does this rank on your list of, of all-time achievements? It's, it's the biggest race I've ever, I've ever competed in. Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to win the race. It's a great race, um, great cause. Um, I'm just I'm really fortunate to be a part of it there. Um, I can't thank my car owner, Rex, <coughs> Rex Wheeler and Sarah Wheeler enough, um, you know, sponsored, you know, by Wheeler Trucking. They're just absolutely great to me. I'm a really lucky guy to have all of them in my corner, you know, and I couldn't be more thankful for them. I want to step aside from, from the race car a little bit, Blake, and I want to talk about what your your boss or your, uh, you know, your car owner has, has done there with that racetrack. Um, I wasn't able to be there. Rich, we talked about it a little bit. The energy of that place uh you know the number i keep seeing is is 200 race cars and 4500 fans uh give or take right so what what of that i mean you you step back you take the helmet off you step away from the race car hauler and you just observe this and i think somebody put it on social media and i think they did an excellent job with their description no sideboards no wings no big tires no you know uh tops off windshields gone race cars how they raced all season and a packed house uh, and packed pits, Blake. And, and then just the, the whole season, too, at Owasso Speedway this year. Kind of recap it from your perspective. It's just awesome. You know, we're, every single one of us are all lucky to be a part of it. Um, you know, the racetrack needed it really bad out there. It's going to be a great place for all of us to race for years. You know, what, what they have planned and, and what they're going to do at that place is just amazing. And, you know, every time you go out there, even if it's a night that I'm there to just watch, it's, it's an awesome time, you, you know. It's got everybody out there. They just want to keep coming back every Saturday. You know, it's exciting. It's new stuff. It's just, a, you know, the place to be on a Saturday night. So, um, you know, we're all just really, really lucky to, to have that out there. Blake, I want to talk to you about the actual race surface because that was a conversation piece all season long. Uh, every time cars got on that race service surface, it seemed to be a little bit different. Kind of from your perspective, uh, seeing you were on it, Kind of take me through the season and how you noticed the prog- progression in it. You know, the tracks from, from the first time I was out there to the end of the year, to me, didn't feel a whole lot different. It's had the same grip. Um, everything really hasn't changed. The only thing I've noticed is now uh, the outside's starting to come in a little bit. They're a little bit better. and um, It seems like, you know, there's there's more passing on the outside in these cars at least. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, maybe you went up to the top and car seemed to slow down quite a bit it was really hard to pass and i think now you know you can force the car through it i don't you know i can't see the cars really 
like it up there on the high side, but you can make them make them go, you know, when it's time for a couple laps. So um, other than that, like the grip and all that has stayed the same. It hasn't gotten any better or any worse. And I think it's a, I think it's a great surface to race on. Are we already to the point where we're like, okay, uh, 2024 can get here anytime, or are we ready for, for a little cool down? Uh, you know, uh, we're, I'm ready to keep on racing. I wish we could, you know, <laughs> wish it was nice, nice all winter. We got a, got another car being built, <clears throat> you know, we got a cool haul around the way There's, you know, a lot of cool stuff in store for us. So, um, you know, like I said, it, Seneca race cars, I can't, you know, thank Terry and Heather Seneca enough. They did an awesome job. The guys in the shop, you know, with setting the car up, building it, Terry comes to the track, Heather comes to the track. They give us a hand. Um, they're just awesome race cars, you know, built by awesome people. I couldn't be more thankful to have them guys around me help me also too. If it wasn't for all of them, you know, my crew guys, you know, the car owner, everybody involved, it'd be really hard for us to be, you know, this fast. I was talking to somebody the other day about this opportunity that you had here, Blake, uh, with Greg or with Rex rather, and uh, with with Wheeler Trucking. And um, somebody said to me, and and I I was I was kind of taken back by it, but I don't think they meant it in a way that it sounded. But they said, "Man, how did Blake Childers get tapped to drive?" that car um you know how does how does blake childers end up in in such a great ride like that and, and all these opportunities and um you know blake it, it isn't all about the equipment that you got you still got to be able to drive that equipment but man oh man it, it does it does make the day a little bit easier when you got that good of stuff doesn't it oh yeah yeah no that's there's no doubt you got to drive the car um you know you got to have you got to have good equipment but you also got to be a good driver if you don't have both uh, you, you won't go very far in it, you know, and be competitive. Um, and that's just, that's just the fact. So, yeah, I'm really lucky to have Rex, you know, he's been sponsoring me now for, I want to say three years. It's been three or four years. Um, he come out to the racetrack with a buddy of ours several years ago and watched us race. And I actually think it was the nationals, uh, nationals race four years ago that I won and, uh, out there to watch. So and he watched me and he said, yep, that's my guy. And ever since he sponsored me and been there for us <clears throat> and been a great friend to us. So, um, then, you know, last year, of course, he came up to me and said, Hey, I want to own race cars and I, I want you to drive them. So that's how that went. You know, it started off as just a really good sponsor and a really good friend. And here we are racing his cars. You know, I, I, I was going to tell you, you, you guys come off this big win. You don't have to put that thing away. There's another outlaw race coming up here in a couple of weeks. Why don't you guys try to hit that one? I would really like to, but I got my kids are into mini wedge racing and uh, uh-huh. they race that night out at Birch Run Speedway. It's the season championship, end of the year race for them out there. And uh, they're really looking forward to it. So I think on this one, I'm going to make sure I put the kids first, let them have some fun, and I'll go enjoy racing through them, you know. I, th- I think there's probably 47 other guys that would love to jump in that seat for a night. <laughs> <laughs> Blake, what's that been like, though, uh, to, to kind of have that other responsibility, right? Not just as a driver, but uh, with the kids. How is that going? I love it. Kids are loving it. They they completely enjoy coming out to the racetrack, watching me race. They're really getting into it. You know, my one son there, Blake Childers Jr., his his car looks exactly like my 10 car that I drive. You know, same exact paint scheme and all that. And then my other son, Cohen, his is just like my old 33 car. And uh, they love it. They're having a blast. You know, I'm, I'm glad to be bringing them up and racing. Um, you know, and I can't wait for the day that they're racing the cars that I'm racing. Well, and that's what I was just going to say, Rich. Uh, we don't know. We, we haven't talked about this. Those mini wedges are i mean you you almost don't have to have a filler if you run it to the extent of i think the oldest you can be is like the 10 to 14 age group 15 years old just put them right in an outlaw right blake 
Oh yeah, yep. They're 15, <laughs> Fifteen years old, and they'll be racing. <laughs> well, and and that's pretty cool too. I mean, they that that body style, right, is something that they get to see Dad race all the time. It's pretty cool that they get a mini version of that to run. Oh yeah, that's that's the coolest part of it. They say my car's just like yours, but just a little bit smaller. <laughs> <laughs> well, Blake, I guess uh, you know Rich kind of led us into it, but you talked about the kids racing. Are you are you going to put a bow on it? Is that it for 2023? Are you eyeballing any other opportunities? Maybe not even necessarily with, with the uh, Outlaw car, but anything else coming up, or are you done for the year? No, that's about it. We're going to just start working on the race cars, getting ready for next year, and finish the year off with the kids and enjoy the offseason, have, you know, have a little bit of relaxation. And I'm assuming that you don't have a whole lot to worry about. You come off a win like that. I'm guessing you have a seat for 2024. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. No, like I said, next year we'll be out there racing the, the number 10-wheeler car, you know. So you'll see us out there in that again. And we got one more on the way, and we're going to have some fun racing next year. Well, man, Blake, uh, I don't necessarily have anything else. You've already talked about Rex and, and what he's been able to do and uh, all the great things that have happened at Owasso Speedway. But – I know there are people, right? There, there's, there's stickers on the car. There's the race car. There's you as the front man. But I know there are people that make it possible for you to collect that twenty thousand sixty-seven dollars that you did and have such a great season that you had here in twenty twenty-three. I want to give you a, the floor for a second here and uh, thank some of those people that make it possible for you to do what you do. Yeah, um, my crew guys there. Like I said, I've already thanked Rex, you know, and all that's him and Wheeler Trucking. I uh, can't thank them guys enough, but my crew guys that helped me get there um, week in and week out, you know, Matt Young, Craig Horton Jr., Eric Egan, my dad, you know, I, I got them guys, that, my Uncle Troy, they're always always there for me, you know, late nights, early mornings, you know, all day, all night if we need to, to work on the cars to get them ready, and they're there at the track with me every race day, um, away from their families, you know, making time for me, so I, I like I said, I couldn't do it without them. It's a it's a big team effort, and uh, it takes all of us. And couldn't do it without them. So I'm really really thankful for everybody involved. And by the way, I think we missed this. Uh, am I understanding correctly that that identical looking race car won on Friday night as well? Yep, it did. Yep, my son won the uh, the mini wedge junior nationals. They called it there. Um, but yep, my one son took first place in the number ten car. My other son, Cohen, he took second in, in a 33-numbered car. So it was a good night for them kids there, too. Pretty good week to be a childers, eh, Rich? <laughs> yeah, or, or also, also Speedway needs to find better tech inspectors. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty cool, man. You guys you guys are going to have a good week with that. And uh, good luck uh, to you with the kids coming up at, at Birch Run. Hopefully that goes well for you guys. And, man, just a big congratulations. I know Rich already expressed this, having been there for the event. But, uh, man, for, for me, I just – Congratulations, man. I, I was watching Rich's updates, and I'm like, okay, this top three is the same, top three is the same, top three is the same. And then I uh, happened to fall asleep before the race was over, and I woke up the next morning, and I'm like, Blake Childers, where did he come from, man? He wasn't in any of those updates. So uh, that's pretty cool, man. Good job. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys. Well, good to get a chance to catch up with Blake. And, uh, Rich, I think I think we would not be doing our job if we didn't talk at least a little bit about the blockbuster news that hit today, uh, just, what is it, 48 hours after the season finale of Owasso Speedway, in a post on social media, Jeff Parrish announced that he will no longer be the general manager at Owasso Speedway. Made it very clear, though, that he wished nothing but the best for the Wheeler family and, and expressed how uh, grateful he was for the opportunity to work with the Wheelers and, and also made it very clear that he was going to continue to support Rex and the Wheeler family moving forward and, and wish that everybody else would do 
that as well, saying, quote, I want to thank Rex Wheeler for everything he did for me, Jody, and my sons. He helped my family in ways that we never, uh, that we, excuse me, he helped my family in ways that few ever could. He's a good, generous man and has wonderful things in store for the Speedway for years and years ahead. And the and the uh, pre- the uh, announcement continues to go on. Uh, if you have any questions, to contact the Speedway, and they'll be happy to answer it. Kind of blockbuster in the fact that you look at how things have went for Owasso Speedway and how good that first year was. But some might say not too surprising to to see this because uh, Jeff's tenure at places doesn't tend to last very long. He kind of likes to get people on their feet and then move on. <laughs> so I, I wonder yeah. if that's what happened here. Uh, but no doubt, Rich, that Rex and his team are going to continue to be trailblazers into 2024. Uh, such a good plan. Still so many great people in place. Owasso Speedway is still going to be the place to be in 2024. Yeah, so the, what we can say for sure, without a doubt, without speculation, is we know that Owasso Speedway, the plans that were already announced, uh, the five-year plan, that is going forward, and we expect every bit of that to continue yep. to turn it into one of the uh, best racing facilities in the country, not just state of Michigan. Uh, that That's not the goal. It's to turn it into one, one of the best racing facilities in the nation. And, um, you know, the, you can't do it all in one year. We've talked about that uh, to no end all this season. But they've made a ton of progress to start. Next year, the pit road goes in. Um, a lot more grandstands go in. So it it's not ending. This is not an ending. This nope. is, it's, it is uh, a, a continuation and just a different direction. Good stuff uh, out of 2023. We look for the same out of 2024, and we know that Rex and his team will make that happen because that is what they do. They make things happen. Uh, other winners from over the weekend, Rich, let's stay right where we were with Owasso Speedway um, <laughs> because it was big racing everywhere. Before I let you get to winners, I want to give a shout-out to my buddy Ron Hart. Made his first ever modified start on Saturday. Qualified in on time. Was the bubble driver. He was the last one to qualify in. Uh, but my buddy Ron made it in on time in his first modified start for the Owasso Nationals, so that was pretty cool. Uh, but, Rich, speaking of modifieds, a uh, a name that people haven't seen in victory lane in, in a minute got the job done on Saturday. Yeah, I, th- I think if I would have went to the bookie with this with this gentleman, I probably would have lost. Not No disrespect to Josh, but uh, there, there were some other guys probably, you know, I mean, Trevor Berry told me all afternoon, I got a good race car, don't pick against me. And, um, you know, I didn't and lost. So, uh, <laughs> so Josh Ware, though, picked up the modified win. Big win for Josh Ware in that race team. Uh, Jerry Pierman picked up the late model sportsman win. Uh, just some of the guys, Dan Bailey, the street stocks, and uh, probably not a surprise, Lonnie Sommier picking up the pure stock win. Look at the shock on my face. At yes. Lon- Lonnie Sommer uh, getting a win there at uh, Owasso. Also going on over the weekend, Rich, on the dirt side of things, Mid-Michigan Raceway Park, Corn Harvest took place over the weekend, and uh, Ryan Ham got the job done in the Cyberstocks. That's kind of like a uh, Lonnie Sommer winning at Owasso, Ryan Ham winning the Cyberstocks. Not really a big surprise for anybody in the state. Uh, but how about Josh Loomis, Pro Stock and Street Stock winner at Mid-Michigan Raceway Park. Modifieds went to Casey Smith, and our buddy T-Stem parked it in victory lane for the late models, Travis Stemler. Back in victory lane during hor- corn harvest, so uh, good job to tease them. Yeah, not bad. It, uh, I, I didn't know if he was done or not, but I guess uh, not bad. He wanted to get out there before he goes, from what I understand, he's going to Mount Pleasant this weekend as well. 
Well, hey, I'll tell you what, that Mount Pleasant race, we're going to talk about it a little bit more coming up. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I was I wish I'd have caught that. Results from mid-Michigan are hard to come by, and we just got them. So uh, we'll have to catch up with Travis here uh, pretty soon and see what's going on because uh, they've also got that big swap meet coming up here in a couple of weeks at the Ionia County Fairgrounds. So uh, I know he's getting ready to get pretty busy. Well, Rich, it's time now to move into our next interview and this next gentleman we haven't uh, heard from in quite some time, but that's not for lack of him racing. My goodness, if you look at those stats, uh, just on what is logged into my race pass, which not everybody uses, Rich, 40 events and over 30 top 10 finishes along with seven wins in those starts. So uh, a really pretty fun 2023 season for this driver. He makes his home in Cedar Springs, Michigan. Mike Vandermark Jr., welcome on to Horsepower Happenings. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Man, it has been a minute since we've chatted, but uh, things have kind of uh, changed a little bit for you, I guess I would say. You know, a couple seasons ago when we were talking a lot, I think that a heavy, heavy amount of your focus was on your super late model program and that 41 machine. And now I think if I look at what you're doing and just kind of where I've seen you unload and what I've seen you race, I think your focus is just on having fun at the racetrack, man. Super late model, pro stock, factory stock, street stock. It doesn't really matter. If you've got an opportunity to race, you're going to find something to drive and unload it at the racetrack. Um, talk to me about what's been going on the last couple of seasons. Um, yeah, we've been, uh, last couple of years, we just kind of been racing all over, and that was kind of our plan this year. <clears throat> we don't points race much, but... This year, we kind of started the year off at Crystal with the late model, and things were rolling pretty good, and we kind of took the points lead early, and it was kind of hard just to walk away from that. And uh, So at first, we kind of thought we'd just give it till July, see where we was at, and go from there. And, you know, we were still leading points at July, so we decided to finish the year out with that, and... Uh, you know, running the same car two nights a week is a little tough for me. Just, yeah. you know, I don't have a bunch of help in the shop and, you know, work till 5 o'clock on Fridays. So um, we decided to mainly run the late model one night a week and mess around with, you know, some other cars or whatnot whenever I had an opportunity. Well, and we talked with Derek Hilliker a couple of weeks ago, and, and he did, you know, he had a chance to do something pretty unique, winning two track championships at two different nights, and unfortunately, snookered you on the Crystal Motor Speedway, won 16 points, the difference, um, but a good season for you, man, 18 starts, 16 top 10s, 13 top 5s at Crystal, and uh, three times you park it down in the infield. Um, what was it about that racetrack that just kind of came your way this year? Um... I mean, that's where I grew up racing. I know the track really well. Um, but I think the biggest thing was us was uh, <clears throat> getting a new car, and uh, we got a new Masters built this year. And um, I I don't know, I really, really like that thing. And uh, it was rolling good right out of the box. And, uh, yeah, it just was a good year. I think we wound up winning uh, four total late-model features. And, I think we finished second like seven times or something like that. You know, oh, we had man. a lot of runner-up finishes. And yeah, it was just a good year overall. Um, we led the points, you know, all year till I think the week before the last night. We kind of got tangled up in the wreck, and, you know, that kind of ruined our chance at that. But, uh, yeah, still a good year for us, though, for sure. 
Mike, I got to ask, you know, Zach and I talked to a lot of drivers, uh, you know, different divisions, all that throughout the whole season. And we can't count on both hands how many said we're not running for a championship. We're not going to do it. And half of them end up getting snookered in kind of like you did a little bit. Right. Um, <laughs> you really can't turn it down when you get to that point. Right. Yeah. You know, it all pays off if you're able to win, but man, if you don't win, then that, that's, uh, <laughs> that's definitely a, <laughs> definitely a long year. That's for sure. Um, <clears throat> I will say for sure, we're not running points next year. Like, Oh yeah! We all uh-huh, here we go. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I don't know. I kind of felt myself racing a little different, and you know, worrying about making a wrong move, and probably you know, starting to be a little cautious, and you know, I should have not changed anything what we were doing. But um, yeah, either way, it's still fun. Um, second ain't bad, but you know, we all want to win. That's for sure. And we've talked, you know, like like I said, we've talked to guys, and they do change, right? I mean, and you're and you're even just admitted it. It's it's just different. You can't. I don't know where it goes. I don't know if you gotta, you know, put an extra tight that helmet up a little bit tighter, and now the mind isn't thinking right or whatever. But I mean, ju- it's just natural to when you're in a in a championship chase to start racing differently, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing for me is, you know, like. I was probably a little more aggressive, you know, at the first part of the year and, you know, didn't care if, you know, if I was running second or third or something, you know, and track might've been one lane-ish or, you know, whatever the case is, you know, I'd step out of line and try to make something happen and, you know, didn't care if I went backwards or whatever. But when you start points racing, a little harder to do that, you know, especially, you know, me and Derek was really tight in points all year. Um, you know, I don't want to say I was too cautious the entire time, but yeah, there was definitely some nights there where, you know, I thought if I stepped out of line, I might've went backwards a little bit. So I just kind of stayed what I was doing and, you know, didn't want to chance nothing. Well, Mike, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the, the swap seats that you've been doing here. So as you mentioned, you focused in on the super late model on Saturday nights at Crystal, but um, <clears throat> the other times that you've been running, you and that street stock really have kind of meshed pretty well here uh, this season and uh, so much so that you took a trip out to Boone. But talk about running that 26 car. Um, you know, that thing seems to be always fast when you unload it on the, from the trailer. And um, you just, is that kind of the car that you cut loose in and just have some fun? Yeah, it's definitely uh, a lot more probably laid back, you know, easier going racing that, you know, there's uh, just kind of do it for fun. There's kind of a little group of us, you know, three or four guys that, got something to do with the car and are invested in it. And, uh, you know, we, we don't run it a lot, but run it when we can, or when, you know, when there's money on the line and, you know, it makes sense for us to run it or run both cars and we do it. Um, yeah, our kind of main focus with, uh, that car this year was to go to Boone super nationals. So we just kind of ran it here and there throughout the year, you know, yeah. trying to get it dialed in a little bit and go out there. Well, Wednesday of the Boone uh, Nationals didn't go too bad. Tenth in the IMCA stock car feature, but then it looked like uh, the rest of the weekend kind of fell apart on you. Talk talk about what happened. Yeah, the first night uh, we made an A main, started 20th, moved up to 10th. Um, thought even we were a little better than that and, you know, thought we had a really good shot at actually making the big dance possibly. And, uh, 
kind of just started going downhill from there. The second night I, uh, was in a heat race and, uh, got spun out and, um, you know, there you, you can't stop on the racetrack. No matter what happens, you got to keep going or you go in the pit. So I kept going, you know, I was like half track behind caution came out at the end and moved up a couple spots. Race was over. So we didn't make any uh, feature that night. And then, uh, the third night I went from like 11th to fourth in the heat, uh, made a B main, but we were having ignition problems. And, um, we kind of fought that the last two nights we was there, just the car wasn't running quite right. And I kept having to pull off and yeah, that was about the end of, end of it after that, you know, just had one good night and kind of issues the rest of the week. That's tough when that happens, but it sounds like if nothing else, they knew you were there. That 26 car was at least fast when it was able to be uh, able to run. And then come back from Boone to start the month. And uh, Crystal, who obviously we, we've been talking about, and we just talked about this a little bit with Blake Childers and Owasso Speedway. I think Crystal is kind of in that similar boat, and I won't say the same boat, but similar boat of new owners, kind of a new look on life, uh, some new money coming in. Talk about Crystal's big end of the year, uh, you know, stuff that they've been having that you were there for. Yeah, they, they've been getting, you know, a good car count all year. There's been many, many improvements out around the track, you know, um, just the facility itself and new buildings up. You know, every board in the grandstands was replaced and painted and railing put up. And, you know, they put a bunch of new clay on the racetrack and tried a bunch of different stuff on their track prep and, you know, just trying to come up with something good for all of us to race on. And, uh, you know, it definitely had its up and downs and I'm sure, you know, they, they struggled a little bit at times with some decisions and, you know, stuff like that. But overall, I mean, I think it was big improvement of how Chris has been the last, you know, five, seven years, you know, that I've been going there and surface is better and, you know, they have a lot of big plans, you know, even after this year to make it even better. Well, and you mentioned growing up there. So what's the, I mean, kind of the, I don't want to say emotional tie, but right. There's got to be a part of you that looks at that place and says, okay, good. <laughs> right. Like the Ron, right. the Flynn area, the Ron Flynn era, era was fantastic. Right. Ron did a lot of good things and his staff did a lot of great things to keep that place going. But I think when guys like Ron, start to get out of the sport, you worry about what the future is going to be like. Is it going to fall into the wrong hands? Is it going to fall into the hands of somebody that doesn't want it to be a racetrack or can't financially do what it needs? Um, you got to be pretty encouraged with what the LeBarons have been able to do. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I actually know them guys very well. I actually drove for uh, Brian, you know, years ago, back when I first got started. And, um, you know, I kind of grew up around Brian and Jake and, you know, and I got to know Steve, you know, the other half owner there uh, throughout this year. And, you know, they're all great guys. They all love racing. You know, they all want the track to succeed. And, you know, I think uh, in a few more years that, that place will be uh, really something. Well, I guess we, I guess next we got to bring up corn harvest, don't we? Kind of the same thing as bone started out good and did not yeah. do quite as well. <laughs> Yeah, we probably don't have to talk about that. But uh, <laughs> Well, well yeah, and, and so pretty... we only brought it up because Friday night did go so well for you, right? Both cars looked like they were on a rail, and uh, usually if you can do good on Friday night, Saturday is not that big of a deal or, or you know, usually doesn't get too bad. But I was telling Rich, uh, things must not have went too well because this picture is a dual-record carryoff for the 41. So, uh, what? yeah, what went wrong? <laughs> 
Well, that yeah, like you said, it started off great. Um, uh, we won the heat race, uh, won the uh, Friday night special, and then uh, they had us do a coin flip after the special to see if uh, the feature was going to be lined straight up or they were going to do a complete invert of the Friday night special. And uh, Oh, let me guess. Oh, no. Yeah. A full invert. Of course, of course, I flipped the full invert. and um, I'm sure there were other people that were flipping things back at you, but it wasn't coins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, in all honesty, I think I did get flick, flicked off about three times <laughs> after racing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, a full field invert. Um, I can't remember the last time I saw one of those, Rich. Well, no, I wasn't that full, full field. field. I haven't heard many of those. It was uh, all the Friday night special cars. I think there was like nine or ten of us, so it was actually uh, just that special got inverted. Okay. So I think I, I think I started ninth, ninth or tenth, somewhere right in there. Okay. And how many cars started and, uh, the feature? I didn't, I didn't see how many cars actually made it. I think they started 20 i'm okay. pretty sure they started 20 well so that's still half the field that got inverted that's still a big invert yeah and um yeah we took off and uh i you know it was 40 laps and i seen the bottom of the racetrack was yeah, it was pretty wet yet you know there's kind of standing water down there and we we're all kind of sliding a little bit that first lap so i kind of just thought you know maybe i should just you know take what i could but you know, stay on my ground. We had 40 laps and, uh, um, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but a couple of cars got together, um, probably four or five cars in front of me and I kind of seen it starting. So I started woeing up. Some guys started spinning and I just kind of got clobbered from behind and, uh, knocked me into Rhea and Rhea's feel. So I was like on my roof practically. And oh my goodness, my feel fell was on top of the car behind or on top of the guy's engine behind me and uh yeah just that kind of definitely uh ended our night and man sucks to have a good car all weekend and you know only only make it two laps and get wrecked out like that did it hurt the car too bad no it mainly you know body damage um i'm sure you know we got there's no frame damage you know no structural damage nothing good. like that so good little bit of suspension stuff and bumpers and body and stuff like that. Well, that's a tough way to uh, to deal with corn harvest, but, man, it's, it, it seems to go that way. I remember the race that I was in there a couple of years ago. We wadded them all up on the backstretch, so uh, it can happen there. Uh, well, what about now? Did you brought both cars, or you drove two, double duty that weekend, didn't you? Yeah, and uh, I, uh, I drove uh, our white street stock, and... Um, I had to go through the B main. We had a tire actually come off in the heat race when I got in a transfer spot. And, uh, so I had to go through the B, made it through the B and, uh, it was actually lap one, kind of the same deal. A pileup started happening and I went high to try to go around it and thought I had it missed. And somebody come up and kind of tagged me and it made, made me hit the wall with the right front and it broke the steering arm off the spindle. Man. So I was done off after that too. Good Lord, Mid-Michigan was not kind to you this year. You know, there, there's a lot of people that, you know, think you go there and it's kind of a wreck fest. And, I mean, I can't say this year wasn't that way, but, <laughs> you know, I've been going there for a long time and I've never, never had a problem there. And just, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time all night, it seemed like, so... 
the Snowlock. Mike, you guys, uh, now I, I don't care which car, we'll, we'll just address them all. Um, you going to try to take any of them to Mount Pleasant this weekend? Um, you know, we, we was actually probably going to bring the late model, but after all that happened, they're just not really realistic for us to get all that done this week. So we're probably going to just uh, call it a year with the late model and start getting things ready for next year. Um, I'm probably going to drive uh, the black street stock that uh, we had Josh Loomis in the last couple of weeks. I'm probably going to bring that to Mount Pleasant Friday. And that's the same car you took to uh, Boone, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, good. Well, man, uh, like I said, I wanted to get with you and, and, and chat about this season. That's a lot of racing. I was telling Rich this, too. It, it's just you've raced a lot this year between those two cars, and you kind of talked about it at the beginning with the super late model with you not having you know, all the time in the shop and the resources and that sort of thing. Um, how do you find time to put that many cars together? And I say that many because you did drive a, a pro stock a couple of times, but I think that may have been somebody else's car. Um, but, um, you know, keeping those two cars, not only ready to race, but man, ready to win. Um, and you mentioned with the street stock, there are a couple of guys involved with that, but still, uh, to keep that many cars ready to be on their a game at, at, at the drop of a hat to me is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's just a lot of help, you know, um, you know, I couldn't do it without, you know, Nick and Kevin, Gary, Kip, um, Chaney, Ryan, you know, all them guys help. Uh, my main focus, I just try to, you know, focus on the late model side of things. Uh, me and Kevin pretty much, uh, just focus on the late model and, uh, Gary and Kip and, you know, whoever else can lend a hand, you know, kind of take care of the street stock stuff for me. Um, Gary actually kept the street stock at his, his house, like all summer. So, you know, whenever we race it, he would call it there and, you know, so he pretty much, uh, had that ready for me anytime I wanted to drive it. So that was definitely a big help there. Mike, you guys looking, um, for next year, uh, kind of doing the same thing or we're not going to run for points until we're going to run for points. Well, I say if you miss a week early, it'll force you not to race <laughs> so, so Mike's not coming out till June. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just stay home an extra week and you could solve that problem. Yeah, um, uh, you know, points racing, just, I don't know. It's probably not for me. And, um, and you know, there you, you would know, be I, surprised at how many guys tell us that. I, I think you really would. Uh, nowadays, I get surprised when a guy like Derek Hilliker says, heck yeah, we start the season thinking about a championship because nobody does that anymore. Right. You know, it is an accomplishment. Um, you know, there, there are guys that go there every week and, you know, that's all their focus is going to be on and stuff like that. But I just, I think I have a lot more fun not really having a plan, you know, just going wherever we want to, what makes sense. Um, you know, that's kind of what we've always did. The last time I did run for points was 2015, I think, uh, back when I was racing pro stock. And uh, we won the championship that year, and I, I never raced for points again after that, even when we were pro stock racing. Um, I don't know. Once you start racing around a little bit and, you know, because we run, you know, we like going to Thunderbird and Merritt and, you know, Tri City's a little far for us, but you know, it's it's fun to go up there sometimes. And when Winston was open, that was kind of our 
Friday night place to go to when we did race. And yeah, we bought a new camper this year and we kind of had plans to go camping and then, you know, got <laughs> tied up in points. So the only place we kind of wound up camping at was the racetrack. So I think next year, you know, we're just going to kind of race around a little bit and uh, maybe do some couple other things throughout the year, you know, camping, vacation, whatever. And uh, that'll probably be about it. So, Zach, the answer to what's going on for 2024, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll that's see. right. That's right. <clears throat> well, and I was just well, thinking, too, I remember the last, uh, beginning of this season or end of last year, somebody told me, we bought a boat. We're not racing near as much this year as, as we did last year. And uh, I think they raced just about as much this year as they did the year before, too. So, it doesn't ever, you know. Well, it, you, go ahead, Mike. Uh, I was just going to say, when you said how many times I raced this year, I actually had no idea it was that many. Well, and that's only um, what's that's only on what's my on my race pass. So any of those races at uh, at Mid Michigan, those aren't on there, right? And uh, you know anything else that you may, maybe did that wasn't on my race pass. So what do you think? Yeah. You probably raced. Uh, let's see here. So you got forty of them on my race pass. What do you think? Forty five times or so. Yeah, uh, we I can't remember how many times we, we did go to Mount Pleasant this year. A good handful. Oh, I think yeah. we went to Palo once. Oh, twice. fifty times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we went to Ohio um, at the very beginning of the year to Hilltop. Yeah, I don't know. We're probably, <laughs> I guess we're creeping up on 50 probably. Nice part-time schedule, my man. It's Way a, to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, but I also kind of want to, you know, I want to, what is it about the travel that is more enticing to you? Is it the challenge? Is it the new new competition, the new tracks? What What is it for you about not getting tied down to one racetrack? People ask me this about announcing. Why don't you want to be a house announcer? I don't know, but I like to travel more than I do to just be at one place every weekend. Yeah, I think it, uh, just any time you get a chance to race somewhere new against different people, you know, anything like that, I just think it, it, it makes you better. Um, it's a lot more fun for me, like, like even bouncing around to a couple different cars, you know, I'll drive anything at any time that anybody will let me drive. You know, I just, I love racing. Uh, it's a lot of fun for me to like drive something I never drove before, you know, go to a racetrack we've never been to before. That's just, that's exciting to me, you know, doing something we never did before. Well, and you had another generation at one time that was coming up too. Is, is, are your son still involved in it? Is he still interested in what's going on? He is, um, he, uh, that white car, the white street stock we got is actually his the drive. Just, uh, his grades weren't good enough this year. That's kind of why he, uh, didn't race this year. So, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, he can get that straightened around for next year and be able to race and, uh, get his act cleaned up a little bit. Hey, you gotta, you gotta have the eligibility requirements in place. That's right. Right. Yep. For Dad, sure. I can't believe the whole, you outed me to the state of Michigan <laughs> on, his, on a podcast. I can see it now. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? Well, he gets asked every weekend at the racetrack. So, I mean, I'm sure he's getting sick of telling the same old story, too. So, uh, <laughs> hopefully that, you know, just makes him, uh, you know, do what he needs to do to get back out there. I'll tell oh, you he's what. Making, he's, making, he's making you look like the bad guy, right, I bet? <laughs> well i'll tell you right now yeah. i'll tell you right now when i raced for my dad he said you would have to have the these grades to play football or any other sport so guess what you gotta have these grades to drive my race car so uh i think it's yeah. great good good stuff well when i was about a freshman i think 
that's that's when I was just gonna. I think when I, first time I ever raced, I was a freshman. And when I was a sophomore, my dad told me, you know, if if I got Caesar Butter, he would give me his race car. He'd quit racing. I could take over and I could start racing. Yep. And I wasn't that great in school neither. But when he told me that, I did what I needed to do to get Caesar Butter, and I was you were you were a studying fool, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, Ladies and gentlemen, that is that is where the phrase. Copying, you know. Well, now you didn't have to admit to that, Mike. Now you didn't have to admit you didn't have to give away all the secrets. <laughs> well, whatever I needed to do, I made sure I did. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why we have the phrase "seize our degrees" because that's what it takes <laughs> to get out of there and get into the racing world. Uh, man, yeah. what what a good story, Mike! Uh, congratulations, dude! What a season! Uh, are you? So we talked about maybe Mount Pleasant. What about after that? Do you think that'll put a bow on it, or are you still eyeballing some other stuff here as we get into October? Um, there's one more race at Crystal. Um, I think it's the weekend after Mount Pleasant. That's probably up in the air a little bit for us. I'm not sure about that yet, but uh, we're definitely going to go to Kokomo Clash. Uh, we go to that every year down there. That's a lot of fun. And uh, possibly Mount Pillar after that, that Monster Mash race. Um, oh, yeah, that's that. right. Quite yeah. I forgot so about we'll that. We'll probably hit them, them two up for sure after this week, and uh, that'll be it for us. Forgot about the Monster Mash. That's a fun event, and the Kokomo Clash is a good one too. So, well, Mike, man, uh, yeah, congratulations on, on a cool season. Late model, uh, street stock, factory stock, whatever you want to call them, pro stock. When you get a chance uh, to drive one, I want to give you a second to uh, to give some shout outs here. Thanks some people for for helping you put this deal together. And I know runner up in points at Crystal once you committed is absolutely not what you wanted, but pretty cool season nonetheless with all you were able to do. Uh, tell us who makes it possible. I really got to thank uh, my car owner, Nick, you know, for giving me the opportunity uh, to run the late model and um, North American Diesel Parts, Performance Engineering, Outlaw Suspension Technologies, um, T&D Custom Fabrication, uh, Kevin, you know, in the shop every week helping me get everything ready along with uh, Gary, Kip, Chaney, Ryan. Um, Hunter just started helping us, uh, you know, towards the end of the season there. And, you know, he's been a really good help. I, uh, hopefully he's going to stick around with us and uh, be around next year. And uh got to thank uh, my wife and kids and, you know, everybody who makes it possible for us to go race every week. Well, Mike, uh, man, again, congratulations on a cool 2023 season. Good luck with the next events that you have coming up, man. And uh, who knows, maybe – Maybe a 50-race season is still in the cards for next year, but no championships to go with it, all right? <laughs> hey, thanks a lot. Well, good to catch up with Mike Vandermark. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, Rich, you kind of said, well, he didn't really win anything over this weekend. I said, no, but you look at his stats, and my goodness, he's driven a lot of races and uh, driven a lot of laps. 40 starts that are on record, seven wins that are on record. That's a pretty good season, I would say. Yeah, when you're just going to race wherever you want and then you end up near 50 right like i said yeah. i was just teasing him but uh yeah i mean but you know that points bump that that points thing got him again it, that just even the best driver zach 
that points thing just reels you in slowly well, and slowly. And how many slowly times? And slowly. How many times have we had that happen with CRA and back in the American Ethanol days? Oh, I'm just going to run when I want. I mean, Chase Berta got suckered into a Jegs Championship this year, 100. <laughs> um, percent Leading the points after three races. Yeah, I guess we're going to run the whole thing. Um, we've seen this happen. I think of Rusty Schlenk in the American Ethanol Tour, leading the points after four races. Yeah, we're going to run the whole thing. Was never able to capitalize on it and get a championship, but Brandon Thoroughby and Dona Marcullier and those guys did um, back in those days. So, uh, what's coming up, Rich? Uh, Blake Childers mentioned, mentioned Bertrand Speedway. They are not done yet. They're going to crown champions this weekend. No, and I think they probably did a good thing waiting a week, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pro- pro- probably wouldn't have got a whole lot of race cars, but uh, Bertrand Speedway Championship Night this Friday. Modifieds, limited late models, pure stock, street stocks, trucks. Front-wheel drive, ABC, figure eights, uh, all at the Birch Run Speedway settling their championships this Friday. Gates open at 5 p.m., Zach. Racing kicks off at 7.30. And then we kind of teased it a little bit. Mount Pleasant Speedway, they've got a pretty good field of uh, late models that have committed in some fashion to come to the Katie Hudson bob Wilson Memorial. Rich, you kind of went through it. 27 cars entered as of earlier today. That's a good field of late models here this time of year. And I glanced over, I think we're up to 28, so we should just stay on the show another hour. We'll get some more. Maybe we'll, hit, <laughs> maybe we'll get to 30. But, uh, you know, that I, I would think well, that if means Mike being, being if, at Mount Pleasant, right? If Mike wouldn't have tore up his car, we'd probably be at 30. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. <laughs> but that's going to be but, a good show there uh, for those guys. Now, is this typically Mount Pleasant's a Friday night track? Are they running this on Friday night? Yep, Friday night, Friday night, pro stocks, modified street stocks, gates open at 4 o'clock. Uh, hot last begin at 6.30, qualifying at 7.15 okay. on Friday at Mount Pleasant. Should be a good one. And uh, I will not be at a racetrack this weekend. I want to give a, a big shout-out to my sister-in-law, Emily. She's getting married this weekend, her and Doug. Uh, we, we of course, you, you met them through racing. And Tell them thank you for the invite. I yes. will let them know. <laughs> because, because I am not at a racetrack this weekend either. Hey, Rich, Rich, I can probably send you where it's going to be. You can crash the party. I'll get you a beer. Crash it? Okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so they're, they're, they're getting hitched this weekend, so I'll be there. So congratulations Fantastic. to them. Fantastic. Congratulations and, yes, to them. Yes, absolutely. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But Kalamazoo Clash is running on Sunday, so if we don't get too tore up on Saturday night, maybe we can sneak over to Kalamazoo and see what's going on for the final day of the Clash. I remember the last time we decided to go to Kalamazoo. <laughs> It was kind of like this, wasn't it? A spur of the like moment. This. What are you doing? What are you Nothing. doing? You Nothing. want to go to Kalamazoo? Sure. Okay. We're, we'll head that way. <laughs> Maybe it'll happen again on yeah. Sunday. But uh, Clash, uh, we, we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the Clash, Rich. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Kalamazoo. This is the Super big. Super Shoe. Uh, excuse me, Super Shoe. I keep calling Super it the Clash. Shoe. Super Shoe. Um, sideboards, right? I mean, it's all about speed. Who can set the big the big uh, records and things like that. But they will do some, some true racing as well. So they're going to have some fun. Yeah, I've always had fun. I've always had fun when I went out there. It's always a good time. Did you race in that? Didn't you race in that at one point? Yeah, several years. Yeah. Several stuff. years I raced in it, yeah. I had good days and bad days. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's it's it. if you go out there on Wednesday or Thursday, um, you are ready to leave by Sunday, let me tell you. By Sunday night or Monday morning, you, need to, you, you miss home because home is the only place there's no alcohol anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> no, it can't hurt you. You, you. you left it all there. But no, it was always a good time. But uh, no, I, this is the first time in I don't know how many weeks I've had I've had a night off 
I don't know that I've had one. Um, so I am taking this week off. So if I text you Sunday after the tea time. Uh, 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 <laughs> don't tell me. No, I'm taking the week off. I'm okay. Taking the week we'll, off. We'll see there what we happens. Go. We'll see what happens in six days. Look for updates from the <laughs> Super Shoe Sunday afternoon horse <laughs> power <laughs> happenings. That's going to do it for another episode. Uh, thanks to Blake and Mike for joining us, Steve and Chad for catching up with Rich at uh, the Owasso Nationals. Thanks to the hospitality of Rex Wheeler, Jeff Parrish, uh, and uh, 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 Rich Morneau. Yes, Rich France. Yes, just one more thing, just so we have everybody doesn't think we're crazy. Uh, we had Gary on last week for the Gary. Oh Did you yeah, know that's questions. right. Uh, the Gary, did you know questions? Because, like, what else is new? We're Out far. of our control. <laughs> yeah, uh, they'll go up tomorrow. Yes, on our Facebook page, so you will have a chance to ask, answer Gary's questions, yep. and we'll reveal the answers next week. Mm-hmm. Can I do it now? Yes, now you can do it. All right, on behalf of uh, Scott Manley, who pays the bills and sometimes gets us a Gary Did You Know graphic, for Rich France, who does all the legwork, I'm Zach Heiser, thanking you so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening. 